And welcome to the 920 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Quentin, at LDQ Sports on Twitter. We're going solo today. Uh, Charlie has taken all of his winnings from the college basketball season, and he's on some island somewhere in the Caribbean or something like that. I don't, I don't know. The, the life of the rich and famous and luxurious must be nice. But nonetheless, we're going to roll in, roll out, get out of Dodge. We're going to make this short and sweet. Uh, we're going to touch on a few topics with the Vols and some other things around college baseball and then get out of here and have a nice weekend before we get into conference play as it pertains to the Vols, as it pertains to SEC. There's others around the country getting into conference play this weekend, uh, looking at you, ACC. I can't wait to see some of these matchups. We'll touch on a couple of those. But for now, let's get into it. Uh, as far as the Vols are concerned, um, <clears throat> what a disappointing uh, loss to Boston College. I mean, losing to the to the Golden Eagles isn't really uh, anything to hang your head about uh, if you play a clean game and, you know, the coach feels like you brought the energy necessary for a midweek game like that. It had been such a long time before the Vols had even played a power uh, conference opponent midweek. And they welcomed Boston College, who is a very hot team, one of the hottest teams in the country. I'll talk about them later. But um, it was the way they went about it. Um, it was the base running, uh, so com communication problems, real, you know, kind of showed its ugly face. Um, in that game, and Tony Vitello talked about it after the game, and he had a lot of emotion flowing and said that, you know, pretty much that this team needs to show some more grit. So, uh, you know, and I think a part of that, you know, once some guys figure out their role, you know, there's going to make, uh, make it pretty clear, I mean, this team has to have a couple of guys step up and whether it's uh, one guy grabbing a full-time role in the outfield or doing something at the plate where they say, okay, uh, the DH role solidified, you know, we can, we can kind of take a step back defensively in the outfield, but uh, it, they've got to find some way to solidify this bottom of the order and so we've got it right here up on the screen, kind of, I'm going to call this the forming lineup. Um, man, one through six is solid. Uh, and anybody can slice up one through six however they want. But this is kind of what I've got. Uh, and same for the some of the positioning in the outfield. Like Dickie and Merritt, we know, got to be out there. I mean, Dickie may play left. He may play center. Merritt is going to anchor the right field spot. And, and like I said, you can kind of flex the DH how you want or whatever, but one through six, you can, uh, Dickie can lead off, Ahuna can lead off. Like you could swap those two and be perfectly fine. Uh, three, four, five is, I mean, that's pretty much cemented. And, uh, you know, as far as the Vols and the heart of the order with Burke, Denton, and Merritt, but it's the bottom, man, seven through nine. Uh, right now, I've got Booker thrown up there um, with him starting in the left. And then uh, Charlie Taylor, Dylan Drawling. I, 
I give the edge to to Dylan man right now. It's um not a whole lot of look, 16 at bats. I've got it on the notes right there. Uh, but he's been impressive in small sample. He's been impressive. He he just reeks of like future star. I just I give the edge to him right now as far as a spot in the lineup. Now, you know, does that mean a spot in the outfield? Does it mean he can DH? And then you give Booker, who is uh, you know, really athletic and, and probably one of the better defenders out there. Um, put him in left. Uh, the curious case of Kyle Booker, man. I <laughs> the Gonzaga series, he it looked like he turned a corner. I mean, he he was on fire last weekend and then disappointing performance against Boston College. So who knows? Maybe he can get back on track against Moorhead State. He told me last week when I asked him kind of what what he was working on, what the difference was for him in that the Gonzaga game where he hit that home run. Um, he said he's trying to get deeper in the zone with his swing to the point where it's uncomfortable. And so I think that's kind of what we're seeing when, you know, and Tony V mentioned it when I asked Tony V about it, like he said, man, sometimes this guy just, you know, with that long stance that he has and his bat speed and he's wanting to rip the leather off the ball. Sometimes we're like, oh, geez, this is not going to go well. They can kind of sense it and pick up on it. But at the same time, with his hands and the bat speed that he has, I mean, the dude is so gifted, um, like I said, athletically. And then as far as just the hands, the hand speed, there's got to be a way they can make that work with the skills and the tools that he has. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. The curious case of Kyle Booker, can he just uh, – I don't know if it's approach or just tweak a couple of things, maybe with the stance – uh add a toe tap or something like or or I, I don't know what what they're gonna do. Uh but Kyle needs to be you know an impact guy on this team and, and he's got the tools. So we'll see. We'll see what he can do this weekend. Uh, guys are gonna get plenty of run, I think. Uh there's no reason to uh really get in leverage spots with Moorhead State. This weekend is all about you know, it may be a last audition for some guys. I mean, of course, you're going to have your mid, your single midweek games from now on. But, man, some of these guys, it's their last time to audition, I feel like. So, we'll see how it shakes out. That You've got uh, pretty much the top four or five names, um, you know, that I've got right here. Uh, that's going to be your first pivots. No particular order, but Hunter Inslee, Logan Chambers, Christian Scott, Reese Chapman, Cal Stark. Um, that, that those are going to be your main ones, and then you know, of course, the infielders: uh, Austin Jaslov, Jake Kendro, Ethan Payne, and then Kavaris Tears. That you know, that's your bench right there. If you before we move on, if you want to look at some interesting notes here in the column. Uh, along with, by the way, that lineup I threw up was the lineup they used against Boston College. So just for comparison. But uh, man, Blake Burke is uh, he's playing like King Kong right now. Look at that slash line, just absolutely ridiculous. 407, 450, 907, just King Kong stuff. Uh, Zane Denton, it and he continues to impress me just kind of quietly. I feel like with um, you know, maybe. Folks from the outside, um, the spotlight that Blake Burke is stealing. Um, 
I feel like Zane Denton needs some love, I, but he's going to have to continue it when conference play rolls around. But 13 walks and 43 at-bats, really, really nice rate for him. He only had 22 walks all of last season and like 232 at-bats. So I feel like he's turned a corner because uh, he can smoke the ball, man. He can barrel it up. And right now he's not even finding those barrels. He's just finding ways to get on base and, and, to, and to knock some in. So super impressive from the transfer. Uh, Griffin Merritt, 420 on base, three home runs. Just doing his job, getting it done. And I mentioned the grit um, or lack thereof, according to Tony V. This is a guy who's got it and a guy who's going to be a leader for this team. He's not really going to be, you know, as vocal as some that you would see, but he leads by example. And Tony's talked about that, you know, previously in previous weeks. Like he's alluded to the fact that you can't watch this guy, you can't see Griffin go about his business and not be impressed and not respect that. And, and if you're a younger player, it influences you. So uh, Griffin, I think, is going to be key for a couple of these young guys or maybe they're guys that have been in the program where whether it's talking to Griffin or seeing him go about his business, it's good to, it can impact a guy like Kyle Booker who is just such a roller coaster at the plate or a young Dylan Drawling. Who who's has all the talent in the world and you know just needs somebody to lean on. So that that's going to be huge for Griffin. By the way, I wrote about that. Uh, some news, not to make it about me or anything, but I've joined Baseball Prospect Journal, headed by Dan Zelinsky. You guys that listen to the pod know that I have Dan on. He's a grinder. Much respect coming my way. You know to Dan and what he does. And it's just, it's a partnership that, that made sense and that I'm excited about the chance to be able to write on that platform. It's kind of Dan looks into scouting and prep. That's, that's it. Look, I'm always looking to, to improve, you know, and what I do. And that's, that's an area that I wanted to dive into and there's no perfect place than baseball prospect journal for me to be able to step up to the plate and uh, fine-tune some things in that area in terms of scouting and prep reports. And no doubt about it, I'm going to be writing about the Vols and the SEC and all that good jazz on that platform. So go check out my first piece. It's about Griffin Merritt and the toughness he brings to this club at much-needed grit. They, <laughs> This team, uh, like we touched on, they need a guy like Griffin Merritt, and that's going to be a key going forward. Because I, I don't think uh, Tony would have had the emotion he did if he didn't think it was an issue. And I don't think it's widespread throughout the team. By far, not the case. It's just with a select group that are kind of struggling right now, trying to fight for spots. I think those are, guys, those are the guys that need a boost. Griffin's the man for the job. So go check it out. It's at the BP Journal on Twitter. You can find the website there. So... Cleaning up the lineup. Last little bit before we move on. Um, uh, big things for Christian Scott this week. His first RBI. He needs to get going. Uh, we all know the pinch runner he is. Uh, three bags on the season without a whole lot of playing time. Hopefully he can get going. He could be a key piece. Um, 
Hunter Inslee, uh, 435 on base and 17 at bats. Is he one that can maybe they plug him at DH if they can, if they feel like drawling or, or Booker can man a left field or a center field or something like that? Who knows? It's, it, <laughs> this thing's going to be so interesting going forward. There's like four or five guys fighting for a spot or two. Last audition, man. Let's let's see if they can somebody can at least somebody, one person. We don't need like two or three guys. That'd be great, but can one guy step up, take the bull by the horns, and help solidify the bottom of this lineup? One thing's for sure is uh the pitching staff really has no issues right now. If you look at the Boston College game, uh, you know, it. there may be some moments here and there, but, like, the pitching staff did their job, and that – the staff that they rolled out was, like, what you would see in an SEC game in a regional. I mean, South Seth Halverson, Kirby Cannell, uh, A.J. Russell, man, I, I'm glad he got in that spot. Uh, he needed it. The freshman has just been – awesome to start the season. I'm glad he got to face an opponent like that. I'm sure, you know, some of those bats he faced, you know, and how he performed will give him confidence going forward uh, in the conference play. But the, the two big questions, where's Cam Sewell? Where's Wyatt Evans? Um, we've touched on it a couple of times, man. And, uh, you know, it kind of sounded like Sewell would would have appeared already either last week at Gonzaga or, you know, this week against Boston College. Man, if he's – they don't show him uh, this weekend against Moorhead State, I'll start to get concerned, honestly. He seems a little more ahead than Wyatt Evans. Wyatt kind of sounds like more of a planned program type of thing. But then again, like, does that mean – what does that mean, like, couple of more weeks are you is he going to start getting ramped up as conference play begins that's kind of where I lean but we'll ask more about I'm sure if I don't ask we'll we'll get some people that do over the weekend um and try to get a better idea of that but outside of that man the the weekend rotation is, is strong as ever and I mean, I'm I'm impressed with Burns, man. Like he seems like he has more endurance this year. He has more left in the tank. Sometimes last year you would see when when he was 40, 50 pitches in, he might get get a little squirrely and kind of you know I, I don't know if it was an endurance thing that became a mental thing of you know how to settle in and look for certain things, um, or if he was just out of gas. But he has mentioned that. You know, he's leaning on his other his other friends, uh, Drew Beam and Chase Dolan are like, hey, what are you when he comes back to the dugout, he's leaning on those guys. What are you seeing? What are you picking up? What can I do? He's taking heed to that advice. And <laughs> man, he's just he's being he's able to go like 80, 90 pitches right now and just look like a smoke show, man. And we'll see what he and the rest of the weekend can do, but yeah, the bullpen, whether it's Halverson, Lindsey, guy like A.J. Russell, they're looking sharp, man. Really no other questions about it. Uh, just want to see where Sewell and why Evans fit in to this staff and 
and if they're actually healthy. So hopefully we get a taste of that this weekend. We'll see, man. Uh, Missouri is is lurking out there uh, before we got got to take care of this Moorhead State weekend, then a then a little midweek matchup, and then things really start to heat up. So uh, this this pitching staff is definitely going to outweigh the lineup. I think I mentioned that earlier this week. Um, you know, but I I think it's enough that they're enough of a power pitching club and they're deep enough to where they can kind of do that. And I think the lineup is good enough, even with, you know, some of the miscues, whether it's base running or, you know, some young guys and a shuffling lineup there at the bottom. I think the lineup's still good enough to go to battle and expect to win every weekend, not just most weekends, but every weekend you expect to take the series with this club. And uh, the betting boards reflect that. I mean, the the Vols are favored at a lot of online books to win the whole thing, not just to make it to Omaha. So I think there's something to that. I mean, of course, Tennessee's a brand now, and people are going to bet with the names on the jerseys. But there's something to that. I mean, it's the elite pitching. You have an elite player in Blake Burke. And then a couple of guys who surround him in the lineup. Like I said, one through six looks great. So, you know, I, it's it's a lineup that can get things done consistently enough to go along with this power pitching staff. You know, it's but they're definitely going to rely on these guys. And if ev- everything holds firm, these guys stay healthy, particularly the weekend guys. I mean, sky's the limit for the staff. For this team, you know, it's I, – I don't think it's a situation where you want to, you know, go into to every weekend when, you, when you're in SEC play and say, man, we – hopefully we can win this one four to three. You know, that's, that's not the case. It, it's a lineup that you can – I mean, guys are pretty confident in this lineup to where they can – go out there and do their job and post enough runs. Uh, it's not a – it's a far cry from last year. And we're not going to see 158 home runs again and all those record-breaking stats. But they're going to get it done. And I think, look, they're still cutting their teeth. But I feel like come May, I really have a feeling that this lineup is going to be pretty dangerous. And we know that the pitching staff is. So – Time will tell. Conference play is around the corner. But before we get into that, speaking of dangerous, a dangerous lineup, a dangerous rotation, we can't mention the weekend rotation without the rotation from Crumble Cookies. This week, man, I love last week's lineup. The maple bacon cookie was outstanding. As far as a look this week, we've got blueberry crumb cake. Ultimate Peanut Butter, Dark Dream, Cookie Dough, and of course, Classic Pink Sugar, and the ever-reliable Milk Chocolate Chip. So, uh, out of that, uh, my go-to would be the Cookie Dough Cookie. I'll be excited to try the Blueberry 
crumb and the ultimate peanut butter. Usually the variations of the peanut butter cookies they roll out are simply amazing. The, uh, the peanut butter M&M one is my favorite all time, the goat. Um, but this week, got to go with the cookie goat, uh, cookie dough cookie. That's the plate I'm going to make. Guys, go check them out. For you Knoxville folks, uh, Clint Highway, there's a, there's a location out on Parkside Drive, Turkey Creek. There's a new location in Maryville coming soon. And they're not stopping there, folks. Crumble Cookies is taking over East Tennessee. <laughs> there's even more on the way. So stay locked in to the Fan Run Airwaves, this podcast. If you love Crumble Cookies, we're going to keep pumping out good news for you. Because <laughs> no matter where you live, West Knoxville, North Knoxville, South Knoxville, and Maryville, there's even more on the way. So great news from Crumble Cookie. Can't wait to tell you about it in the weeks and months to come. Speaking of next week, we're going to touch on it real quick. Real quick like, and we will get you folks out of here. Sorry, I had to get a drink there. I'm drying up. But we're going to take a sneak peek at Missouri. This is one of the teams that I've I've bought stock in figuratively. Um, A team that I've pumped up, if you've heard me talk about them. Um, They they return a lot of production. feel like uh, Missouri, South Carolina are some teams to watch in this conference going forward but but you just don't know until the thing gets started i mean if uh if you get off to a slow start in sec play you'll get chewed up and spit out and left behind you know very quickly but i don't think that's going to be the case for missouri we've seen that in in recent years but for anybody that that went to the vols missouri game uh or series last year Man, that the that the scores of and the outcome of that series really don't reflect the energy and the effort that Missouri brought to Rocky Top. I mean, they they came to play. They and they were not intimidated by Tennessee by the least bit. And they return a lot of those guys. Uh, this is a snapshot of the lineup. Next week we will preview Missouri deeper uh talk about some of the arms i'm excited about some of those arms um but here's here's a look at some of the lineup these are the the 22 2022 stats this is uh the preview that i had before the season kicked off uh there's a snapshot of the top half of their opening day lineup um these six Key guys, Luke Mann, Austin Trevor, Trey Morris, Carlos Pena, Ross Lovich, Ty Wilmsmeyer. Just down to those six guys returning. They returned 896 at-bats. That's that's a ton. And it, you compare it to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee only had three guys with 95 or more at-bats. You know, Blake Burke, Simo, Jared Dickey. You know, so just just out of comparison. So Missouri didn't really have a whole lot of trouble of like, you know, trying to shuffle a new lineup or anything like that. They kind of knew what they had 
returning. And it wasn't an offense. Look, I've got the numbers out there. Uh, I think it's like 62 home runs. They slugged 443. They hit 284. Just, yeah, as the kids say, just real mid. Um, They stole 55 bases out of 63 attempts. That's a really good rate. But the as far as percentage, <laughs> but I felt like that needed to be higher. Um, but this year, the offense has improved, as you would expect, based on some of the context uh, studying up on Missouri. They're top 25 in on-base percentage right now at 433. They have 19 home runs in 12 games. Uh, Mann, Wilmsmeyer, and Austin uh, all have an on-base of 450 or higher. And they all have 40 at bats or more. That's uh those are some three core guys going for this Missouri lineup right now. They're slashing 312, 431, 542 as a team. And they're already 23 of 30 in the stolen base department. You know, I mentioned they've got to get that rate up because they've got the guys that can get it done. Uh, they have wins against Texas, TCU. Uh, they took three from FIU, and they swept Texas Southern. So a really, really good resume for non-conference. I mean, they had a great performance. After dropping that opening game, uh, they they picked up the win out there. Um, I think that they were in the – I think they were out at Globe Loft to start things off. Um, and, and to pick up wins against Texas and TCU after dropping that opener – really big for them. And FIU, Texas Southern, those are some really good um, non-conference opponents uh, series that they took from those guys. Their only loss is uh, Oklahoma State. That was the opening day loss. And uh, they dropped one to FIU. That was a four-game series. So they still took the series three to one. So, uh, you know, that the beginning of the season, look at the balls. Um facing this Tigers club on the road in Como, you're thinking, man, that's not a bad way to start things. It's not like you're going to Swayze or uh, going to the box to open things up. No, you're going to Como. And this thing is shaping up to be a pretty high leverage series. And so I'm excited to talk about that next week. Just wanted to give you a little snapshot of what the Tigers are doing before before we really start to man a ACC is already kicking up this weekend I'm so excited about that uh the first couple of weeks are fun because baseball started back um starting to get a feel for these clubs uh you get to find out over the next few weeks who you're dead wrong about and and who you're right about and see what teams get off the fence so uh you know in terms of the slate this weekend we'll We'll look at it. Um, lots to look forward to. I mean, you've got uh, ECS, ECU versus Liberty. Um, I like ECU in that game and that series. Um, I don't – I really was interested in the total. I don't know where it opened, but it's at eight and a half, and I don't know if I can I can swing that. Um, but for you listeners out there that's – that's quick on the draw. I'm going to give away uh, my first bet of the weekend, and that's Boston College, Virginia Tech. I'm going Boston College on the run line, plus two and a half. 
minus 120. It's a little juicy, but I don't taste a whole lot of pulp in this one. Just a straight shot, tasting good. Uh, Boston College was plus four and a half against Tennessee on the run line. That was ridiculous. If you followed me, um, you know, you're you're glad that you you took that one. Um, and now they're two and a half, plus two and a half at Virginia Tech in Blacksford. But Griffin Green has not looked very good for Virginia Tech. That's who's going tonight. Uh, he He's accounted for the Hokies' two losses. But both these clubs ha- have good resumes and are looking pretty good right now. I just I give the edge to Boston College. Their pitching staff right now, yeah, they they had two games this week, a lot of energy against the Vols, and they but they played the next day and, and got a win. I think that was against UNC Asheville, so no hangover from that really. I'm gonna ride the hotter team, the Golden Eagles, and I'm gonna take two and a half runs with me. Kind of like them on the money line, but I think this is the better play considering it's a road game. But the pitching matchup, the one I'm looking forward to the most over this weekend, probably out of any matchup, is tomorrow night this same set. Boston College, Virginia Tech, Chris Flynn going against uh, Drew Hackenberg. I'm circling that one big time. Then you got Wake Forest and Duke. Uh, For folks out there, going to lay the juicy, juicy line with Wake. Buyer beware, man. That's all I'm saying. I love Rhett Louder, but Uh, For the series, I love Wake tonight. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Virginia, North Carolina, man, that's going to be a fun one to watch, see who comes out of that. Gonzaga and UC Irvine. I expect Gonzaga to get off the schneid. I think, uh, man, that's a tough club. and they've (laughs) Things have got to be on the up and up anytime soon. I'm wondering if they don't start this weekend against Irvine. Uh, Let's see who else we got here. Uh, the line is five and a half, by the way. Moorhead State, Tennessee, total at 12 and a half. Georgia Southern against Rutgers. That's an interesting one. <sighs> Georgia Southern, I-, I like them, but minus 140. That's just too juicy. Um, Alabama and Columbia. Alabama's rolling, man, but I'm, I'm pausing. I'm pausing on them until conference play gets rolling, but they do look better. A uh, little surprising to me. Um, Ole Miss and Purdue, Iowa, Texas Tech, really, really interested in that series. I was a, one of the fun teams I've got circled. Uh, Brody Brett um, and Morgan on that pitching staff. Interesting club, to say the least. Plus 140 against Texas Tech tonight. That's interesting. I think they're they're one to circle for who can uh, an underdog that can take a series uh, there. It looks like they're in Lubbock, man. I I'm going to, I'm going to predict Iowa to take that series. I don't know about which angle to take betting. I'm going to dive into it after the podcast, trying to get this thing out. And I like some of the West coast matchups, man, California, Arizona, Stanford, USC, um, Watch out for Washington and Washington State. Those are some interesting clubs to watch. Um, And we're going to get a really good taste. Like I said, some of these teams, um, who is fool's gold and who do you continue to buy stock in? That's going to be the theme of the course of the next couple of weeks as conference play gets underway. 
Be sure to follow me at LDQ Sports. I'm also on Picket. I'm going to be rolling out the bets all weekend as it pertains to college baseball. Some will be on Twitter. All of it will be uh, recorded on Picket. So go follow me. Download the Picket app, the Picket Sports app. It's totally free. Use promo code 920LOGAN. You, you even get a few bucks, and you get entered to win a uh, 1 in 100 chance at 100 bucks. No reason not to join in. Join the community community there. So much of uh, so many people have joined already. They're following me, following Charlie. We're getting it done and putting cash in our pocket. We love doing it. So with that, I think it's time to get out of here, folks. Wanted to get in, get out, make a weekend of it. Y'all be safe. Enjoy some of these games as conference play gets underway for the Vols. It's the last audition before conference play. Can't wait to see what develops. Guys, have a nice weekend. We will catch you next week. Peace.